Hi, and welcome to The Photographer Podcast. Um, I'm Adam Juniper, and this is Tanya Nagar, and with us today is Dan M. Lee. Hello. How are you doing? I'm all right. I uh, didn't give you a chance to acknowledge your presence. That's right. I'm I'm doing well. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, So... uh, I'm, I've had a really busy week. I've just been in the office, or month, in fact. I've barely seen the outside world, so it's probably not worth asking how I am. How about you? I'm, I'm really good. I'm severely jet-lagged, severely jet-lagged. Um, just spent a week in sunny San Francisco, so can't really complain. But, um, yeah, I'm suffering now for it. So if you've not yet gone back and listened to our episode zero, um, <laughs> where Tanya had just come back from Japan, yeah. Um, yeah, she's just that. come back from San Francisco now, so someone has quite the life. Um, and, and what about you, um, Dan? I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm also jet-lagged. Um, I flew over from New York uh, last... Um, when did we meet? Last... Uh, last week? Last week at some point. I can't remember because all the days seem to be matched into one. Um, then I went to Amsterdam to cover um, King's Day. That was pretty cool um, and uh, very wearing for various reasons. Um, and I'm back today, and then I'm going back to New York tomorrow, um, and then I'll be going back to New San Francisco um, the week after. I'm going to Aww. San Jose with Sony, so nice. um, that's going to be uh, interesting. By the time I get back, I'm really not going to know what time it is. Back being New York, where well, I do want to know what time it is. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's take a moment to uh, introduce you. Um, yeah. So how long have you been in photography? Um, a, a long time, I would say 15 years um, as a professional. Um, uh, before that, I was always, uh, um, I'd studied for photography, and it was something I'd always been very interested in uh, getting into full time, so to speak. So, was it uh, photography that sort of sucked you away from the UK? Yes, absolutely, yeah. So, um, I, um, uh, when I moved to New York, I had uh, no other skill to rely on, so to speak. So, um, I was just shooting when I was there, um, so I started doing uh, events. Um, I did do the odd wedding. I'm starting to do less and less of them now. Um, but I created the workshops that I had created in the UK to help teach photographers in the studio. Um, and that went uh, very well. Um, and we've now released a new uh, marketing course that we're taking across the US, uh, which helps photographers uh, uh, increase their business in uh, in their chosen field. Cool. All right, so, I mean, I also know um, that you do some music events. Yeah, um, I do those too. So what kind of uh, music? So it's mainly the large-scale events. Um, so I've done some um, large-scale festivals here and, and in, the, in, in the US, uh, and they're good fun. They normally last three days. Um, by the end of it, again, you're, you're absolutely dead on your feet. <laughs> um, but they're, uh, they're, they're good fun to shoot. You, you get to meet some amazing people, some amazing characters. Um, and the, uh, the, the, the particularly for the, the the events that go on for a long period of time, you've got the challenge of night coming along and the, the different light sequences that come up that can that can throw off your composition. So uh, it's a it's a real big challenge to shoot those those big events, um, indoor events. Um, I've shot the neighbourhood. Um, uh, what else have I shot? A ton of other people. Uh, Gregory Porter. Um, all indoors. And again, that first shot throws up a. a you know the low light issue, so you have to be very careful with your camera and, uh, and lens choice uh, to shoot those large scale events. I know you do some of that as well, no? Yeah, I used to do more of it before. Um, mostly when I was younger and wanted to blag free concert, you know, just because uh, <laughs> you're old now. No, no, no. It was just a different kind of uh, different hobby, I guess. Didn't work. But 
it did it work? Did you say for blagging a free country? Oh, absolutely. So you know, you I've just got rightly, a camera. I've got a real camera because <laughs> oh, you know, a few years ago. Oh, it's planning ahead. It's dear Sansa. I have a camera. <laughs> exactly. I have a camera. Um, it was it was great actually because um, I'd actually offered the photos to the bands or magazines or whatever whoever wanted to use them. But it was well, it was a bit of blagging really, just kind of writing in saying I work for so and so, and that wasn't actually a lie. I did work for you know certain magazines and, and just kind of say hey I have a camera and I'd love to shoot the band and, and that I just always gets longer yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to go in um, with a different bit um, for photo news because I thought we should start with the news that's what everyone else does right <laughs> um, I'm carefully avoiding this camera's out this camera's out this camera out because I can't afford them so that makes me sad um, but I don't know if you saw that uh, someone called Adrienne Rose Smith, I'm guessing, um, got herself into an interesting debate after taking photographs for a band. Um, they used them for mm. free, and she wrote to them asking for $50, mm. and they sent a stream of abuse in um, chat form, which is well worth Googling. Sadly, I don't have any bits of it with me. Um but, I mean, calling her all sorts of names. Really? Yeah. That's for funny. daring to ask for anything. I have not heard about this. That's crazy. <laughs> now, I know that when, when I've done some music events in the past, um, sometimes you have to sign a disclaimer to say that the bands can use your image. Um, I generally yeah. try to avoid that best I can. Mm. Um, but some of the big artists do. Um, um, so it's up to you if you want to sign that kind of thing. So I would, you know, I'm curious to know if they did actually sign that off or aware of the terms and conditions when they started shooting. I don't know the ins and outs of the story, so you have to... Uh... This is interesting. But it totally so, uh, as I understand it, uh, she deliberately hasn't uh, you know, said what the record label is. Right, OK. Um, okay. That's probably a wise thing to do, too. Um, but didn't Taylor Swift do something similar a while ago? She stopped some um, photographer... Um, yeah. images or, the, or, yeah. or she'd use them I can't remember it's one of the I other think way a few artists don't like themselves being shot from a certain angle as well That's so right. they specify that they can't be shot head on or That's right. so it's, I mean it's crazy right because you think it's just photojournalism yeah. at the end of the day they're performing but you know and all the people with their phones and they you know it's well that I mean that's an interesting thing but yeah here, I, you know here they had used them in what was you know any material from the band is promotional material um, I'm just going to read a little bit out. From here, you are not to contact my band. Blank. You have been nothing but greedy and disrespectful about your half-assed photos. $50? You have to be joking. You don't even have a following or a portfolio to back up these prices. Prices aside, you're extremely rude for demanding money and constantly harassing my clients, even though they haven't used your image to make a profit, which... Would I seem to be a slight misunderstanding of promotional use of images. That's right, yeah. Unreal. I love the typo as well. Oh, yeah. Whoever was typing that out was just uh, just angry, angry, angry and didn't right. even uh, check their spelling. Oh, wow, that's a bit of an essay as well. Oh, it carries on at that's some it. length. Oh, these are these are messages to and from these, aren't they? Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. Good luck in this business. Kiddo, how patronising. Oh, I want to know who this band... I'm going to do a bit of research. Get on Twitter and find out who this band <laughs> are. It, it looks like it's uh, worth looking up, and I, I don't want to be the one who, you know, outs them, um, wow. since the photographer also doesn't want to out them particularly. 
That's right. You aren't a photographer yet. J-Y-S-T, because you can hold a camera. You should learn that. Oh, that person really should get sacked. Whoever they are, just, you know... Irrespective of the situation, mm. that's that's just abuse. Yeah. Right? Are, are, they a, are, they a, are they a PR or someone within the band's management, or did that come direct from the band? It, it says it's from the band's uh, record, record company. Label. Oh, the label. And this was just today. This happened. Well, I think it happened a using the word today is awkward because you know how long does it take Adam to edit a podcast? Well, <laughs> you've got a few hours before uh, it needs to go up. <laughs> Fair enough. Unreal. Unreal. Took me a week last time, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I learned some valuable lessons. There we go. Okay. Um, the other thing I, I spotted in this week in the news um, was uh, reported in the Independent was that. T- Do you remember Tom of MySpace? Oh yeah, uh, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was your friend. He was your friend. My friend too. He was my friend. He was my only friend. <laughs> and um, he uh, he got, you know, we feel sorry for him maybe because Facebook, but he got five hundred and eighty million dollars, which in pre Brexit collapse was three hundred and seventy two million pounds, selling MySpace to a slightly crazy Rupert Murdoch, and. Now he just travels the world taking photos. <laughs> you can find them at, at MySpace Tom, and he really does make it, you know, look fun I to have millions of pounds wandering around <laughs> taking pictures. No, That's I, an amazing story. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine what it's like having millions of pounds travelling the country or the globe. Sorry, that must be uh, that must be quite something. Um, it's it's actually quite good as well. Is he? It's well worth looking up. I, again. Not one of these that I uh, have the copyright to, so I'm not just going to publish uh, or show on the screen. Well, you'd be publicising him, really, wouldn't you? Oh, so it'd be fine. As opposed to you're, you're for right. your benefit. It's more for his benefit, right? You make a reasonable point. There you go. And <laughs> one might argue that he's probably doing all right for Ken. Well, this is it. There you go. He's not too shabby, is he? Oh, look at that. It's not bad That's at all. That's great. Yeah. yeah, as Tom's everyone's friend. Like wow. It. Where's that? Where did you take Hawaii, that one? Hawaii. Probably. Nice. Hawaii again. Probably hard to take wow. a bad picture in Hawaii. Although I still oh, think, I presumably, somebody is cowering under the... Um, they could be cardboard cutouts, of course. I just wonder how still yeah. do those cameras have uh, Well, that's funny. Funny you should mention that. Uh, because the, the last story... Um, sorry, we were just looking at a picture of some camels in silhouette. Um you say there could be cardboard cutouts. Did you hear about the Wildlife Photographer of the Year? Mm. Oh, yeah, I did hear about the, this one. With the taxidermied animals. <laughs> yeah, that's quite something. What I want to know is, I mean, a, a, a dead antler is... Antita. Antita, so it's fairly sizable to carry around at the best of times. <laughs> yeah. And, and so how did he get away with carrying that under his arm yeah. where he needed to go and his camera gear? So um, for, those, for those of you who haven't picked up on this story um, the wildlife photographer Marco Cabral um, has had his £1,250 prize withdrawn from the wildlife photographer of the year um, because they have decided that the picture and he he doesn't have a raw picture a raw file, not encouraging uh, they decided that he had used and carefully positioned a dead anteater which had been built, you know, taxidermed, however you stuff animals um, one. Um, which was normally at the entrance to MS National Park in Brazil. Uh, he'd carried <laughs> it there, 
to take some night photography and all his gear, as you say, um, and got a very beautiful picture, in all fairness, you know, um, nighttime glow of the... Do I mean, ants, ants glow? I, I don't think so. Maybe they do. But, I mean, if you're going to go to that trouble, then, you, you know, I would have taken other stuffed animals along and made a scene, something out of, like, Snow White. And said, so, wow, look at this picture. Maybe that might give the game away, but... Well, over-creative. Yeah. <laughs> I think at that point, you probably have given the game away. Yeah. I mean, he clearly thought it was worth £1,000 yeah. to ste- temporarily steal a stuffed animal. And maybe his mistake was putting it back yeah, afterwards. Right. So people that, what, what was the story then? So he, he took this there, and it was not his, and then he, he took it back It wasn't, it wasn't his, because it was dead, and it was there well, at the entrance to the park, so people could go, ooh, anteaters. So it was in front of the park? Oh, I think so. I think that maybe that's what right, I want. Okay. Well, for creativity, that is pretty good. I mean, he, I think it's he should be something. Photo, it's better than Photoshop. Well, isn't this is it? It's actually a real thing, right? He didn't, yeah. He didn't, yeah, he didn't make it well, up. Even if he didn't get any money, they could give him a creativity award for the, yeah. the thing is, audacious attempt at ripping us off. <laughs> he didn't have a raw file, um, and so they, you know, they wanted that to check. Um, seems to me that if you have carried it there. And, you know, made it stand still, because it's not going to not stand still, it's dead. And then taken its photo, you, you would have a raw file. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't understand why you wouldn't have had one, but... So... All a bit weird. But good anyway, effort. Good effort, good effort on his part. Very um, Also in the news, um, I captured this week, um, although very little to do with photography, I... Um, just remembering last time we were talking about Fukushima mm. um, and again go back and listen to episode zero if you haven't um, I saw a bit about Chernobyl mm. um, which has now been completely covered by this huge sort of shielding thing to prevent any radiation coming out of the main I mean you don't want to live there or hang mm. around but then what they've got is all of this nest, um, the equipment around um to broadcast, to broadcast, it has, <laughs> to transmit large amounts of electricity to nearby towns and what have you, the stuff that attaches to a power station. So they've started putting in a solar plant. People go in during the day, work there, get the hell out of there. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's a big plan in the Ukraine. Wow. I, mm, I still wouldn't want to spend more than a few hours in it. Well, I mean, these people coming in every day, right? I think I think a solar panel may be a different person, you know, but I presume they thought about it. But, yeah, it doesn't yeah, seem... but you'd, uh, long-term effects of this stuff is just... Yeah, I would, I, I'd, dodgy. I'd, like to, I'd like to go from a tourism perspective, for me to go there yeah. for a few hours and take pictures and run around and do my own thing. I'd love to do that, but I'm not too sure as, a, as an employee of someone working underneath that big hunk of metal which is capturing the sun, sun's rays. <laughs> yeah, you would wonder, yeah. as an employee, yeah. that guy says it's fine, um, but then he said the other power station was fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So much, even in Fukushima, there was so much um, debate over whether it's safe, whether it's not, and even I, at one point, I did loads of research before I went there, but you know when it's the radioactive... What's it called? We're being completely non-technical here. Radiation. The radiation levels yeah. are going up. The jet lag is just too much. Um, radiation levels are going up on the machine thing. Yeah. There is a name for that. Yeah. Device. 
The radioactive um, meter. The, the radioactive meter. But go and get the counter, that's it. And you have to wonder, is this, is this really safe? I mean, it was the equivalent of a CT scan, but if you're there all day, that's just a constant CT scan that's going on, and that cannot be good for you. And you're saying so, CT scans are bad for you? If you have, well, if you have them, them all the there. time, if it's literally yeah. a constant CT scan... You're only supposed to have... I've, uh, oh, which know. one's the CT? A CT is the brain one or the arm well, one? Well, it can go anywhere. A CT scan. Mm. I've had Darn CT scans on my knee and all sorts. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, okay. if you have too many... I'm never going... I'm just Next time I feel like something's <laughs> not right, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to the hospital because... <laughs> we went into medical podcast then all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mix okay. it up a little bit, you know? That's fine. We could do one on medical photography. <laughs> yeah. next time, like, even better. Talk about CT scans. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Why not? I mean, on which subject... It is weird that x-rays and stuff are still so blurry. And so you would have thought over the years that... They would have got a bit clearer, right? Yeah. Well, actually, have you seen the eye ones now? So you know you can get a picture of the back of your eye. I wear yeah. contact lenses, so I have these extra checks done. And the last time I went, they used this really snazzy machine. The uh, optician said, this is a new machine that we've got, right? Loads of wires and turned it on. It was like... Rrr. Took a picture and it was so clear. It was the back of my eye. You could see every little vessel. Yeah. And it was actually a little bit odd to see that but it was very very high res you know we've got those in New York in, 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 in the US we've got the same machines yeah and the first time that I went for my eye test and he brought this big machine down I thought hang on a minute where's those little things they just put in and say can you see left right yeah, exactly. one and two and all this that's kind one of last time I had uh, yeah. I, admittedly I was probably like 12 last time <laughs> I was like yeah you'll be fine for now yeah <laughs> Come back when it starts to go when you're 40. Yeah, that's is, right. So no, I've just gone over that hill, so my eyes are slowly to, to going downhill, unfortunately. Oh, my eyes is pretty bad. Contact lenses, but um, of course, when you're shooting as well, staring at a laptop all day. Yeah, that's right. <sighs> yeah, yeah I've, I, I used um, uh, it's the EVF in the in the Sony has got a little screen in the back mm. rather than it being opti- optical. Yeah. Um, and I've asked a question mark. Does that have effect on my eyesight? I wonder. I, want, I mean, I mean, it bothers me that because you can see something whether it's in focus or not without an EVF. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you use Sony's I've used like for professionally yeah. for a long time. I I switched to Sony um, just because I didn't like carrying a big hulk of stuff around, and then I bought a big heavy lens. So. Right. Um, but do you? Does it not bother you that you can't see that focus? I why. I've or can had, you? I've not had a problem with it. I normally know if it's nailed on focus, the dots are enough for me to know. But I shoot with both eyes open, so I've got a good idea of what I'm looking at there. Mm. And what's in there is is going to be sharp. So, um, yeah, I've, I've not had a problem with it. And I've, I've tried with Fuji. You know, all of them have got the... The, the mirrorless have got the EVF now. Um, and um, I've not really had an issue with kind of guessing if it's in focus or not. The mirrorless is... is I think all of the systems have got very good auto-focusing system if you're using that but in terms of the um, uh, the peak focusing um, they're, they're amazing so that's where I normally use manual focus I would say probably as long as it's not a fast moving event 70% mm-hmm. of the time is manual anyway so I just look for that peak focusing shrill to come up around the outside of the uh, the contrast and I know I've got it right so um, but yeah I've not had a problem with the EVF screen if that was your question which I went very round the, okay. round the houses yeah, yeah, well, towards that I guess yeah, but people want the detail, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> ha, uh, has it got better? Because you get to use more Sony equipment than... than we yeah, do. well, the, the, the first EVF, which I think was in the, the old A99 before the mirrorless came out, oh, right, right. Um, um, that was good, but this, this, the, the resolution on it wasn't great. Um, but you knew, you know, everything was sharp, and you could see everything clearly. 
Um, on the A7 II, it was improved. Um, I've got the new A99 II, um, and that's great. And I think it's improved further on the A7R 3 I think it's even got higher resolution now. Um, and uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're very, very good. So I've not, I've not had a problem with my, my question is that with all EVFs, you know, how does that affect my eyesight? Because mm. effectively, you're looking at a screen. That's yeah, a few yeah. inches from your from your eye. But not for too long. When you're shooting all day, we'll probably not know for generations because you know if you think. I mean, we're getting a bit deep now here, but we haven't really had that level of people looking at screens for enough time to actually be able to monitor what effect my, it's going to have. My gran was pretty clear on what happens when you stare at the sun, and a photon is <laughs> well, a photon, right? So, well, that, well, that's right. So, yeah, we don't know, and we don't know. It's like, you know, when people said they were going to start vaping instead of smoking cigarettes, we don't know what the long-term effects of that is yet. So right. we, we won't... We, we won't will keep an eye on them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there seem to be two distinct looks to that. But yeah, <laughs> the hipster vape and the... Uh, yeah. yeah. I was, I was going to ask you actually on the subject of the um, the, other, the other thing about going to the Sony's. Uh, the what sort of reaction do you get from clients? Because I mean, it is a noticeably smaller camera body than yes. So. If, if I've turned up to do an event, um, I had the A seven R two. Um, I haven't got the A nine, but I had the A seven R two that I took to a few events. Um, and particularly for photojournalism as well, um, I took it to the New York Motor Show to shoot that. Um, I, I took the A7R2 with me, um, and everyone's walking around with these big cameras, and I'm there with the Sony. Um, I think I was the only shooter there, the only Sony shooter there that day. So um, the, the clients don't normally care so much um, unless you're, you know, if you turn up into a studio and you want to do some portraits, and they look at your camera and they're like, "It's a bit small." <laughs> It's not. It's not the size that counts. It's the image <laughs> quality, of course. Um, so you, you do get the odd look, but for doing the large scale events, not so much. It's normally the peer group um, mm, when you turn up yeah. for doing photojournalism and stuff, um, and everyone's got these big donkey Nikon's and Canons and God knows what else. Um, and I get my my camera out. Bless. That's right. Yeah, but you know, I think that my my co practice is probably a, a good twenty years away from me seeing them on a daily basis just yet. So um, I have the last laugh there. So yeah, I do get I do get the odd look from probably my peer group more than anything else yeah. for for pro work. Um, I can imagine that actually. Yeah. It was interesting at the UK photo show that was uh, when was that now over a month ago, maybe a month ago. A little over. Yeah. 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 Wow. Time flies. But. Um, it was interesting seeing people walking around there. And, you know, you've got people with these huge cameras. And Why it, take a camera to a photo uh, show? I, I mean, it was it was there. really uh, from an observational perspective, it was really interesting. And I wish I'd actually taken pictures of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, with all their gear out, you know, just walking around, and you think it's just showing off what they have. But actually, when you boil that all down to quality and, and what you actually need to do to get the job done. Do you need all of that? Probably not. That's right. So, That's right. does it matter? It's what's you know what, what the end result is. No, really? no, no, no. You're absolutely right. And uh, um, you know the, the mirrorless cameras, they were the, the, the image quality on them were exceptional. Um, I mean, I I don't use the A7 the A7 series um, unless I'm really worried about weight. I'm going to be out all day. That kind of thing. I worry. But ninety percent of the time, I've got the A99 II with me, which is. DSLR sized well it's a mid sized kind of yeah, body so it's still hefty it's still big um, so there's, um, there's a few circumstances circumstances I don't take the A7 with me I take the A992 with me every time I, I remember switching down from 
a, ch- a fairly chunky cat, I think seven, and um, people were like, well, that camera can't be as good. And I'm yeah. like, it's a lot better yeah. in most respects. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. And I think the only, the only problem I've got with the, with all of the mirrorless cameras right now is the, um, the uh, not many of them have got an LCD display on the top. Um, you can't use the AV wheel to go below than minus three UV, which is frustrating for me. It's one of the, one of the big bodies you can go right down to five. Mm. Um, so there's a few things that you can't do um, that you, you you know you have to be a little bit aware of, and that's the reason why I haven't jumped into them full time just yet. But my thumbs a bit big for the, the mirrorless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. They're, they're very small. If they made the mirrorless just the, the body just a teeny bit bigger, which I guess would ruin the concept, but. I'm curious to see where where cameras are going to go if it's going to be like mobile phones mm-hmm. years ago. You know, and they went from really big to the smallest things yeah. you could possibly buy. And then what happens? They were big again. Yeah. yeah. They went huge. So and, and now mine's medium size. That's right. Well, are we yeah. are we going to go going to go down the same route with cameras eventually? Are we going to go down, you know, we're going to go down to a a micro size and people are going to say I've had enough of that. I want more buttons, or I want more of this on my camera, and they're going to get bigger again. I mean, I I think and um, you know, very interested to know what other people think, but I think the smart money is on the DSLR market never going away, but the cheaper ones just sort of fading out. So the, yeah. the, the lower end of the DSLR market will stop being cheap. There won't be like the, uh, you know, the thousand Ds that kind of yeah. model. It will that market will be people who have smarter phones, yeah, multi-lens yeah. arrangements. You know, the two lenses on the iPhone, and then the Google have that. Or are they investors, I think, in the camera that has 17 lenses? 17, yes, they are. are. So that's, I mean, that's going to be a very interesting when that comes out. I mean, comes out. No, well, I mean, you can buy one now for nearly £2,000. Can you? I think you can buy them. They're available to consumer now, aren't they? They're available to some people. No, it's like Google Glass. It's everything like that. Yeah, I've got some of those lying around. Yeah, so I. <laughs> Everyone thought that was going to be the next big thing, right? We were wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> I actually, um, if anyone wants some completely unused, unopened packet, because um, there was something wrong with the first ones and Google had to send me some new ones. By the time they did, I didn't want them anymore. <laughs> Second that, you can, you know, we'll sell both of us, because mine's sitting at home gathering dust. Hey, before, I'll try it out. I've never tried it, so, uh, okay. yeah. Okay, we'll have to open <laughs> the packet, though. So. Oh, too much effort. Um, okay so um, let's talk a bit about the kind of work you do okay um, uh, with specifically what you've just done so um, one of the actually one of the things you do um, because you take a lot of different work don't you yes I do as a professional which is you don't claim a specialism particularly or do you no I don't really Um, and um against all the advice I normally give other photographers but they come to me and they say they want they want to get started and I say okay you want to find your niche and, and keep hitting the button and making sure people know about that niche I'm, I'm completely the opposite way um, I specialise um, in nothing um, I have uh, I, I do an awful lot of travel photography which I really enjoy I do events um, I do portraiture I do headshots um, I do a, a, a workshops I do a, I do a ton of different things Um and the reason I spread my I spread my net so widely was that, um, particularly when I when I first started out, I really wasn't too sure what I wanted to get specialised in, um, and I was given work from many different areas, so um, I stayed with it, and, I, and, and people got to know me in for one genre, some people knew me for another, and for me to try and cut off all of those clients and mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm only going to do portraiture now, or I'm only going to do events 
was too much, too much for me. Um, I would have taken too much. It doesn't matter which one I'd have taken away, it would have been too much bread off the table for me to, to deal with. So I, I kind of stayed with it. Um, I do get a little bit of work, um, a bit of agency work now and again. Um, I do a little bit of uh, photojournalism too. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I really didn't want to stop doing all those things because all that, all that variety kept me fresh. Mm-hmm. So as we were talking about 50mm before we started recording, um, you know, as you're doing all these other things, you kind of forget that you want to... You, you forget the skills that you've got with one particular lens that you used to have, right? Um, and um, a lot of the other work that I've been doing had stopped me picking up that 50 mil. Had I been doing a bit more portraiture, I think I'd have been using it a bit more. But, um, yeah, so I, I picked that 50 mil up and I went out for the day and I, I rocked it. And... Uh, um, it was having all my other skills that I've had in different genres that have given me the ability to do that, um, which has been uh, which has been a good strength of mine. But t- it's interesting that that's. I, I love the fact that you've got such a wide, you know, variety of photography. But is there one that you gravitate to more than the others, or is it a case of you just equally embrace them all? I think if you replace the word gravitate to enjoy, yeah. Um, you know, I, I enjoy doing the travel photography more than anything else, mm-hmm. partly because it scratches my travel itch as well as my, yeah. you know, being able to see architecture, cityscapes, going out shooting landscapes and exploring the world. Um, I, I, that's that's really um, the, the, the bit that I love doing. Um, is it the most profitable for me? I, I'm not too sure. Um, <laughs> there's other areas which I make which I make more money in yeah. and, and a bit more lucrative for me. Um, and, and I love doing photojournalism too and you, know, you can include a lot of travel photography with photojournalism as well um, so um, you know those two things I, I really really enjoy doing I absolutely love doing them but um, um, like I said I, I do the odd wedding but I'm doing less and less now um, yeah. and that's probably one of the specialties that I had so to speak air quotes um, that I Disliked. Yeah, I'm um, not I found that. Uh, you know, people ask me to do them, and you know, I push my prices up each time, and people yeah. still pay me. So I'm like, damn it. There's uh, money in it. There is. Is it yeah. enjoyable? It's no, just it's pressure. Not. I just, yeah, you can only get them wrong, right? Yeah, well, this is <laughs> well, that's right. That's right. You can, I mean, yeah, you can get the right hand yeah. over, but yeah, there's yeah. so much. Yeah. And, 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 and you're right. And, and, and even though um, the, the the pressure of, of shooting the day, but it's also having to deal with the amount of people that you've got to deal with. Yeah all in one go and after a long day I can be a bit cantankerous so the last thing I need is people jumping up and down on me towards the end of the day and, you missed and, out the third bridesmaid uh, exactly and, that or, kind of thing things like oh can I see the picture that you've just taken that's can, right can I have another one and I didn't like that one and you're thinking oh Jesus that's right take. yeah Forever, you know. So. Yeah, and any of my clients, I love you all if they're listening now. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I do. Uh, I, I, that, that's probably the one I, I I have least enjoyment in. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing less and less of that purely for that reason. But um, yeah, yeah I do. Awesome. I do a lot of varied work, um, oh. and that and that, I said, that that keeps me fresh. And I, I I like that variety. It keeps me on my toes. I do a lot of um, the other thing I do a lot of is um, um, internal architecture as well uh, for some high end real estate in New York. Now, one of the other things that I've been doing that I that I learned over the over the last few years um, is taking 360 as doing virtual reality work with DSLRs, um, and that's that's that great. Sounds like, and isn't tiresome and technical, and you have to spend ages in virtual? Or is that no? It's it's it, the the biggest the biggest part of 360 photography is making sure you get your your nodal point correct or your your node point of parallax. So making sure that your your um, your uh, ent- the light that enters your lens is right over the point of the of the um, tripod 
when you do your spins. Uh, as long as that's absolutely nailed on, when you come to do the stitching in post-production, it's a doddle. Um, so I've got um, two platforms that I use. I'm, I'm Google certified, um, but I'm also using a, a one called 360 Vista. Um, and you put all of your images in there, all your HDR images that you've shot in pano form. Um, it stitches them all together for you, and then you tag them all together as a, as a tour. Um, but, you know, you do get some challenges with uh, lens flare. Um, you do get some challenges, particularly when you do the HDR processing. Some rooms are a lot brighter than others, particularly when you get near the window. So um, uh, that can be a bit of a challenge to make sure you get the light balance and the, and the, and the white balance consistent, because you can't have, you know, one person walking from one end of, of a of a huge living room to the other end and next thing you know the, the light shifted a little bit mm-hmm. the walls aren't quite white and the, and the floor floorboards aren't quite brown yeah it's probably been the better part of a decade since I tried anything like that mm-hmm. uh, you know on any level I, how yeah. much better is the software uh, unbelievable so I shoot um, I shoot the highest resolution possible um, so 42 megapixel on the um, uh, uh, a7r2 um and the resolution is, is crazy high. It's, it's just like a regular picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, they're not so there's a lot for the software to grip onto. And, yeah, yeah, so and in, in, without going too much of the technical shooting of 360, is that when you've got a room which is completely empty, which is just floor and maybe walls and maybe one window, when you're taking six panels, sometimes you do have trouble stitching because there's no detail anywhere. So there are some cheats that you can do. You can buy these little post-it stickers, faint yellow ones. I put them on the wall. And huh. so what I do is I then when I go through stitching and I stitch them all together, it finds those 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 as, as reference points and then post production I edit them out. Clone them out. Do you only do this kind of photography for your building stuff then, or do you do this out in the kind of real world if you want to call it that? Because I'd imagine you get some amazing shots of you know landscape and yeah, you could you know, do during them, your travels, etc. Yeah, you you can do them that way. Um, there is a couple of limitations. So, particularly with architectural stuff, you like shooting in HDR because mm-hmm. you like getting the window pull right? Um, right. So, when you're shooting outside, you could I would recommend only doing one frame. Um, and if there's a lot of clouds, of course, they shift. So, with the stitching software, you have to right. be very careful about how you stitch because you can only stitch from the land perspective because that's the only bit that's not moving. Um, so, uh, but yes, you can totally do it on, on landscapes, yeah, that kind of thing. And it works really good um, with night sky. So if you want to do a night sky panel, yeah. they work really well. But you have to be fairly quick. So you have to try and do all of them within 20 to 30 seconds um, of doing the one shot. Okay. Because of the starship. Because yeah. of Galileo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, because of the starship. <laughs> you do have to be a bit careful. But they do come out beautiful. It's they amazing, do work. isn't it? A lot of things to think about or, there. Or Copernicus, yeah. personally. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I'm, I'm just going to sort of move us on just because I'm aware that we're trying vaguely to keep to some time okay, yeah, uh, last time we did to spend a bit of time looking at some specific images and I think well, we're probably not going to spend too long on it but I really like the idea of a feature where we have an audio masterclass for a visual uh, world um, so what we're going to look at and I have to admit that's uh, obviously Andy Zaltzman's line originally um, we're going to have to take a few of your shots from your Instagram feed sure. um, and if you want to see these pictures you can uh, go to Dan's Instagram account uh, which is Dan M. Lee Photography all one word yeah. uh, and obviously you should follow him um, and just scroll back until all of the pictures seem to feature orange people because this is where you just come back from right? That's it yeah I've just come back from Amsterdam so I finished King's Day and what King's Day is it used to be called Queen's Day and it was celebrating the Queen's birthday I believe um, and they were going to stop it um, 
uh, well, after the Queen turned to the King. Um, and uh, they decided they were going to lose a lot of revenue in drunk English people visiting the, the city. So they decided to keep it, the tradition. So this is it, a family day. They have lots of uh, flea markets. They take away the, lic- the, the licensing requirement for you to sell things on the street. So people go out and sell their rubbish outside or their, their worldly possessions. Um, and they uh, have a, uh, all the canals. Everyone gets on the boats and goes up and down. Everyone wears orange um, and it's a really nice party atmosphere. There is, I think, there's a festival for families. I've never made it that far um, just yet. Um, so it's normally been wandering around Amsterdam, capturing people, uh, having fun, um, wearing uh, wearing lots of orange. So uh, um, there's lots of people taking. Yeah, that's uh, like that one there. The people taking a selfie, and it's funny, it's very really unusual good. to see a guy say, "Hey, let's take yeah. a selfie together," Especially and then and then probably do a, a duck pose straight yeah. after. And it was highly amusing. One of the pictures that hasn't gone up just yet was, was one guy who actually fell in. While he actually, this this guy here. So there's one. This guy here was talking to these, um, and I'm looking at one that was dated um, uh, three days ago. He actually fell in just shortly after that picture was taken. Um, I so, haven't uh, the yet. picture um, with somebody just about to fall in is uh, a fairly long uh, lens yeah. shot of about four boats on the canal. Um, you can see almost nothing but uh, people in orange, and there are some people who are not in orange, so they presumably are the ones who deserve to fall in. Yeah, they are, yeah. And you can see there's one boat on the left which are kind of remonstrating with these other guys on the boat on the, ro- boat on the right. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, that was, so right after that he, he fell in. And it, I just missed him falling in, and to my friend tapped me on the shoulder and went, look. Um, and uh, I managed oh, to capture him uh, just as he just after he hit the water, so to speak. So, having been surrounded by huge crowds and stuff, what would you say um, is you know from our audio masterclass point of view, what is your favourite thing to concentrate on? Like, are you looking for? Because I find if you see someone doing something brilliant, they'll have stopped by the time you're pointing a camera at them. Yeah, well, it's 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 normally I've got my seventy to two hundred. Depends on how many how how big the crowd is. So. Particularly for these boat shots, I, I stuck with the 70 to 200 because I know I could get into um, uh, fairly tight frames like this one if I wanted to. Um, so to get their attention, I, I wore a big orange jacket for the entire day. You couldn't miss me, and it was like day glow. It was all for Dyna Rod. Um, if people don't know what that is, it's a it's a it's a orange, orange themed. Um, yeah, they um, well Dyna Rod. They put their rod is that what it down is? your uh, sewers. Don't is they? that what it is? I have no idea what they did, but now I know. Anyway, so um, yeah, and I was spend the day waving to people with one hand while I've got the camera on the monopod on the mm. other, just to try and get their attention. So, um, did you find so one of the challenges I find when I'm shooting things like this is you want to be a participant in it as well. Because yeah. obviously it's fun and you know everyone's having a great time. Did you did you mix it up or were you just there to solely take photos? Yes, yeah, yeah. What you mean? Did I have a good time? Yeah, I certainly did. You, did, did. you take part in it? You obviously you're wearing orange. How, and... how much of a good time did you have? <laughs> <laughs> how in focus were things through your eyes? <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, it was a good eight and a half. Um, so yeah, I did get involved. I have got some pictures I haven't posted up, which are very wide of me within. Lots of people around me. There was yeah. a. I've got one picture which is which is almost Renaissance esque, and it's got a group of kids sitting on the sitting on this bench. Yeah. 
and one girl's leaning over like this with one arm in the air. She's very happy and drunk, and a guy's sitting next to her, very sad. You've got a couple in front of them kissing. Um, it's you know, <laughs> oh, everything is going on that. all in yeah, one picture, yeah. it's crazy. Did, so, did um, he want to be part of that couple? Yeah, that's right. It's just, it's just like I said, it's very Renaissance esque. I think it's in my um, well, it was in my Instagram stories because I think I transferred it over without editing it, so I did put it up in the raw, but it's probably disappeared now. Um, but I will, I will put it up, I'll show it to you after the podcast, so you can take a look at it. Um, but it's, it is, there's lots of things like that which um, when you're in the, in, the, in the thick of it all these kind of scenes kind of come out of mm. you in, 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 in separate bits so whether everyone turns it's normally a big crowd by the time you're standing in the middle everyone with a nice super wide lens everything starts breaking up yeah. and then so you start being able to pick out certain groups and certain people and then certain things that they're doing within it um, so um, yeah I do mix it up and I, I love doing that yeah. it's, it's, I think you it's have to do don't fun. you with something yeah. like that yeah so it's great fun walking around with a, with a long lens and picking out moments like the uh, the, the guy doing his, his duck pout that's great um, but then um, you know it's also equally getting involved in bits and pieces and people right. are, are, even if they're interacting yeah. with them it's great and last time I went four years ago um, I've got some great pictures of uh, which is getting in my Instagram feed I think quite a lot further back um, there was a couple which um, chained a, a, a rope to each other chained a rope tied a rope to each other um, and I've got a picture where the guy's trying to reach some beer and his wife pulled it back out the back so he can't get it so he's literally leaning out like this <laughs> with his left hand and she's, she's pulling him back to say you can't have another beer so um, <laughs> you know there's lots of things like that that I found mm. while I was there well sometimes that's good advice yeah <laughs> <laughs> um uh, and on that note, <laughs> I think we should uh, maybe say uh, that's time for this week, uh, month, indeterminate period. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed looking at your, your pictures of Holland, um, sorry, of Netherlands particularly. Um, and I guess, well, I, I know you can't post all of them, is that right? Um, uh, some of them I can't, but yeah. the majority of them will, will go up. I, I'm going to put another maybe two or three up that I, that I really like I've got to edit some I haven't been back home to uh, sit in front of Capture One and edit them all just yet but um, no just I didn't say Adobe um, so I'll be back home to play with them in front of Capture One and um, I'll probably get another five or six images up I think that um, I've enjoyed of shooting the crowd and bits and pieces I think um, uh, I've got one short video of uh, that needs to be edited to go up too awesome okay um, so that Instagram account is Dan M. Lee Photography Photography that's it um, and my website <laughs> is of the same name danmleephotography.com uh, and um, are you ready to talk about your other website or shall we talk about that sometime in the future we can talk about that now if you want we can do both because uh, I'm a media whore I guess fair enough <laughs> uh, so <laughs> at least he admits it and I think that is important for this, <laughs> this, this uh, next website which is uh, called um, successfulphotographyusa.com so if you're American or in America or in the UK in the UK we, 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 uh, we have got that as well but I can't remember the web address off the top of my head because I didn't okay so you don't, you don't have to feel American <laughs> and out no, of the US no you don't at all because so I remember when I was a kid like America didn't look quite cool you no. know but now we're, we have our doubts don't we <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah absolutely so yeah on there you'll find uh, we do online courses uh, we will be travelling around the US um, helping photographers uh, build their social media um, how to get successful on Facebook how to get business on LinkedIn um, and also how to increase their SEO um, attract more clients um, and also be able to hopefully put their money up too so they can um, earn more 
um, from their clients. Um, and that's good advice from somebody who has earned good money from clients. Uh, as a full-time <laughs> and I cover a lot of genres. So, and, and also I've had the, uh, I, would, I, would, I would want to use the word luxury, but it's, I wouldn't necessarily put it that way, um, of going to the US um, and having to change the way I do my marketing completely for US market. It's a completely different animal altogether um, to how I was getting business here. Um, the people are different, how you market is different. But um, you're working with a, a UK-based photographer as well. That's right. So you'll he, get, yeah, that's yeah. right. So he, he so Jeff um, Jeff Brown, he is a um, a guy which helps UK photographers. So he's based up north somewhere. Um, I can never remember where. He's probably going to strangle me when he listens to this. Um, so he's been helping UK photographers for, for quite a while. He's got a great track record. So we've kind of teamed up. Um, we're going to be taking some of his material, some of my expertise about how I got started and, and, and kept going in, in, in America. Um, and we're going to be going on the road and hopefully helping other people become successful. Awesome. That's really exciting. Well, hopefully you'll come back sometime and talk to us about I will. Uh, that once it's all up and running. Yeah. Um, Tanya, you are still at... Tanya-N, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, embracing, you mentioned Instagram. I've got my own Instagram now. Slightly late to the game, but it's there. Yeah, me too. I was late to the game yeah. as well. So I just found it, you know, the fact if you shoot with an SLI and you can't upload from your laptop without downloading some, you know, dodgy yeah. software... I was just a bit reluctant to, to have it on my phone and then have to upload from my phone. It feels very unfair, the whole um, thing. I, I'm, I'm sort of vaguely aware I can upload pictures from my phone. Yeah. Sorry, from my camera to my phone, but there's a fact to it. But um, actually, now that I'm using it, I love it because yeah. you know, the people that I'm following are so inspiring and you know, it kind of helps you grow as a photographer as well. So, yeah, so yeah I mean, that's Tanya Nagar Photography um, is my, my Instagram that I'm, that I'm using. So... Yeah, check it out and uh, let me know what you think. I'm always uh, up for getting some feedback. As long as it's not abusive. I don't like abusive feedback. No, occasionally I do like abusive feedback. Careful, internet. Careful. And I can be found uh, at Juniperific. That's J-U-N-I-P-E-R-I-F-I-C. Update it about once a year. <laughs> no, I will. I will try. I promise, internet, um, to make it a better effort. Um, and, and you can also find the fruits of some of my labours at www.ilexinstant.com. That i l e x instant.com, and that's my daily labours publishing books about photography, um, including Daniel's, and at some point, Dan. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter too. I Bye. mentioned that. Oh, yes? Yeah, Dan Emily Photo, which you can find me on, on Twitter, which I'm probably more active on Twitter than I am Instagram, to be fair. I think we should have a podcast on which... Because this has always been the debate, right? What social media platform should you really use for your photography? Oh, absolutely. And you've got people using every single one out there, and I think, oh, I haven't got time. I, I do want to have a bit of a life as well. You yeah. Know, if I glued to my phone, just Twitter, Instagram, it's Flickr, obviously, that's a big one still. I do, use you use, do you use if this, the, if this, then that? I've never heard of that. Okay. <laughs> if this, then that is... If um, this, then that is going to save your life. Because I post once to Instagram. And it goes across to all of them. And it puts it everywhere. Wow. So it puts I, it on Flickr, it yeah, puts it on Twitter, it the, puts it on Facebook. See, the issue and it can turn your light bulbs off at the same time. I kid you not. <laughs> yes, well, it that's, can. That's yeah. good to know. It does so everything, it's, yeah. It's a little function. So the problem with that is the different hashtags and the different nuances that you've got of each different platform. Uh, so I that's agree. the only thing that I think... So you, I'd you rather want to show them respect. You want to have... Yeah. Yeah, and to be honest with you, if... 
if I, I'm not really I I've been fairly lucky because I'm not really so hung up on social media because I've, that's not where I've got my work. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people do get their work that way. So yeah. and particularly the new new photographers that are coming on board, they love to have that mm. engagement with their with their with their with their user base. Well, I think um, I think we should do a session on that actually yeah, because I've seen I mean, all kinds of tactics. We're now comfortably twenty minutes past the time we said yeah. we'd definitely yeah. finish. Whoops. So why not? <laughs> um, but since you are the expert, maybe when you're back in New York, we can uh, try and push technology beyond the bounds of possibility. And yeah, um, you'd have to wake up in the morning though, because wake up in the morning. I do eventually <laughs> wake up in the morning. Fair enough. All right. Um, well, thanks very much for watching um, or listening, and please subscribe. Um, and please, please leave reviews on whatever platform, um, iTunes or the others, um, uh, because that really would help us grow. Um, I mean, nice reviews, obviously. <laughs> okay, thanks very much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.